This, this is SWBC Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Now, your host, Shannon Gross. Gross. 7 p.m. Wednesday night at the Cowboys Club in Frisco, Texas. That can mean only one thing. This is the power hour. This is Cowboys Crosstalk, and we are going to bring it to you heavy for the next hour. Shannon Gross to my right. Kevin Gray from the flagship station, 105.3 The Fan. How's it going, Kevin? Good to be here at the Cowboys Club with you, Shannon. Sitting next to royalty on my right here, so I'm just happy to be in the place this evening yeah, with you. Yeah, pass it along. Who is to your right? Well, right next to me is a six-time Pro Bowler. Needs no introduction. No introduction. But I'm going to introduce him anyway. It is Nate Newton joining us Nate, here. Nate, what's up, what's Nate? What's going on, Nate? What's up, man? I'm excited about being here, but more importantly, I'm going to let Grace, since he's doing it like that, I'm going to let him do this dude over to my <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep yeah. it going. Keep yeah. it going, Kevin. Well, further got? to my right, I got a proud Boomer Sooner from Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma, where he resided and played terrific college football. Tony Casillas joined Tony, welcome to the, the show. Yeah, What's man. going on, yes, Tony? Yes, sir. Give it up for Tony. How you been, man? Last time we saw you, we were doing all this virtual. It's good to see you in person. It's good to be here hanging out. How have you been? Man, I'm doing a lot better. You know, this guy's sitting next to me. This is going to be an hour of just uh, nothing but fun. And um, One thing I do remember the last time I was at a Cowboys club, I believe that was in Valley Ranch, and that was many, many years ago. That was a totally different Cowboys club. Boy, it it is nothing like this. But nevertheless, it's great to be here, man. I'm looking forward to it. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Before we get into the Cowboys stuff, what about your Sooners this year? Looking pretty good. How do you feel about it? Well, I'm a little ambivalent about them because I I saw what happened to them against Tulane, and Mm -hmm. every year we're ranked relatively high. Uh, we got a tremendous quarterback, I guess, in Spencer Rattler. Still, I think the jury's out on him. But, uh, you know, the thing with Oklahoma, you just want to be there at the end, correct? And mm-hmm. if they're there at the end, then you, you know that they have a pretty good chance of winning the Big 12 championship. I still kind of foreign to think about them being the SEC and SEC Woo! football. Big boy, big boy ball, Tony. And, big boy ball, Tony. And, 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 Y'all ready yeah. for the SEC? And, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's no two lanes. There's no – Kansas State's. There's no Texas. I'm sorry, but I'll probably get a lot of grief for that. But um, we'll be there. But it's always, it seems like it's always the narrative. It's all about the defense. And, you know, Spencer Rattler at times shows flash, but I'm really not sold on him. But uh, we'll be there at the end until we get to the SEC, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then you play big boy football. Yeah. All right, well, well, Kevin, let's get into the Cowboys. Let's call. do it. Let's let you have first shot at it. Yes, sir. Two games in, man. Okay. First game, we're not going to talk about moral victories on this show. Yeah, they, we don't yeah, not we allowed, allowed, talk about moral victories. You're not allowed to do that. that. I, one That's thing right. I have learned uh-huh. hanging out with Nate, you don't talk about moral victories around former NFL players because those things don't exist. To right. fans, they do. To former players, they do not. So we're not even going to go down that road. Well-played game against Tampa. Well-played, dirty kind of ugly at times game against the Chargers, which I think is a really good football team. I think they're going to be there towards the end of the, end of the season, into the playoffs. What's your, what's, your, what's your take on the team so far two games in? After two games being one and one, knowing how close you played against Tampa Bay and then going on the road against a talented Chargers football team, you, we've talked about 
this season the kind of complimentary football that the Cowboys have wanted to play, right? The offense complimenting the defense, defense complimenting the offense. You've got six takeaways in your first two games. Offensively, Dak Prescott's playing pretty well. I think you couldn't ask for a better start. Only if you wanted to be 2-0, knowing what happened in Tampa, I think what they did on Sunday with the balance they struck offensively with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, I like what I saw on Sunday against the Chargers, and I think that's a good omen going forward for the way this team can play. Oh, boy, you sound so professional, man. I'm a, <laughs> uh, look, I'm man, a, look, I, like I said, I'm trying me. to handle my you business. Skip, no, I'm trying to handle my business, Tony, man. how do you follow that up, Tony? <laughs> Dallas then, Cowboys. And then he had the other end of the table. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, just setting you up, man. Just setting yeah. you up. That's all, yeah, that's all I'm going doing, straight man. to Tony. This and is the guest, man. And I think we have an hour here, so maybe about three or four Miller Lights. You know, look, I think that last week, and we've been on some great teams, Nate and I, and I think you need that win to really just kind of make you feel that mode that you can do it and overcome the adversity as you hear. Uh, and I think you saw a lot of good things. I think you saw a game that – and all these people want to talk about luck. I mean, luck if, – if you're, if you're not lucky, you're not good. I always feel like that way. Yes. Um, but, I mean, there's some things, some golden nuggets they were able to find. I think Micah Parsons is a guy that you have to uh, obviously try to keep him on the field and use his play-making ability. But uh, one-on-one sounds a lot better than – you know, 0-2. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's kind of a version that I like. And uh, if they can continue that, I mean, they got a really rivalry game against the Eagles. A lot of things can happen. But uh, as we say, the whole cliche, it's one one game at a time. Right, Nate? Oh, man, definitely, man. And, and the way we – we went in there muddy, man. You know, uh, and, and, and it was ugly. You know, a lot of penalties. A lot of mistakes, you know, especially with the defense. They do something good, back them up a long ways, then they give up a big play, but they battle back, and they kept them out of the end zone. So that's what I like. And then our offense went into the end zone, and goal to goal, we was two, two for two. So you got to like where this team is going. Now you're coming home. All you got to do is clean it up. Mm-hmm. Clean up the small things, man. And when you get in the red zone, keep doing what you're doing offensively, keep doing what you're doing defense. A lot of people worry about yards. You know, and this team we played, they done gave up 400 yards a game, but they won and won too, Philadelphia, because they don't give up nothing. They give up field goals. That's what we got to continue to do. Give up field goals and score touchdowns. We'll be all right. Kevin, what, what did you what, – what was your, I guess, brightest, most encouraging – there were a lot, of, a lot of really good things that happened in the game. There were some bad things you could take away from it, but I thought there were a lot of really encouraging things. Turnovers are still coming their way. Which, yep. Man, this team, ever since I can remember – never gets interceptions and you can say some of them against Tampa were luck and all that but like you said Tony they still happen they used to not happen right it's a stat yeah and it's a sudden change and I think that that's what you look for in a game is to kind of pivot the game and change the momentum and uh you know I just like at the very end of the game when you got your quarterback and you're like okay we got to take the ball down and score and that's exactly what they're able to do mm-hmm. in the two-minute drill and you know whatever however you get turnovers and takeaways it really is relative to what the 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 mindset and having this confidence that you can do it and guys balling and running to the ball and playing manic and those are the things that happen negative plays that's what you do every time you go in every week and you say we have got to win that category and you know Dallas is doing that pretty well in the first two games of the season yeah and I think what you saw in terms of the two turnovers with Trayvon Trayvon Diggs DeMonte KZ with the interception in the red zone Obviously, as Tony mentioned, that's a mindset. We saw some of that start to happen toward the end of last season, right? Yes, sir. Taking the ball away a little bit, being able to put themselves in position to be able to turn teams over. So we talk about that complimentary football. I think for me, 
this was the game for the first time in 21 games that the Dallas Cowboys scored on their opening possession. That was huge for me because they came out and set a tone against the Chargers and said, hey, we're not going to lay down. We're going to come in. Even though we had a disappointing loss against Tampa, we're coming in and ready to play ball. And that's exactly what they did. And I thought their first two drives were great. And Micah Parsons, what he did, being able to play at defensive end really for the first time in his career and play the way that he did, I think I even undervalued how versatile he was. And he proved how versatile he was against the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, Tony, talk to that a little bit. Talk about what Micah did, them lining him up at end and what he was able to do. And, and it looked like he – it looked like – the beginning of the game, it was kind of like, eh, is this the right thing to do? And then he started figuring it out, and it was kind of like, okay, maybe we need to try this again next week. This worked out pretty good. What did you, what did you see out of that? Well, for a guy who hasn't played that position since, uh, what, high school, you know, to me, if you play a lot of golf, it's like some guy that's never played golf and going out there and par in the first four holes, and you're playing for 10 years, and you haven't done that <laughs> since. <laughs> um, and you're just like, how did he do that? You know, I think for him, he's so athletic, and, and they can attest to this. Those, those offensive linemen, especially tackles, they hate speed. Yes, sir. They're inferior to speed. <laughs> and when you got a guy out there that can run that fast, and some of the things that he does is just it's almost like doing a cone drill. It's change of direction. And I don't know – I don't think it's an anomaly. I think when you don't have game tape from someone, per se, and you don't know much about them, then it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this guy? But the bottom line is he's so, he's so fast and he's such a violent – and quick guy that it's hard to really account for him. And when you have guys thinking about that, all of a sudden they're thinking about this speed and they're trying to distract with other things, then that creates a problem. I think it's phenomenal. It just shows that you've got to get your best playmakers on the field, especially as Nate alluded to. You have all this you know, distress as far as guys missing. You've got your both defensive ends out. That's the kind of guy that you really want to come in there and like, okay, we got something for you. Yeah. Nate, talk about that a little bit. Tony, Tony mentioned it, not having, as an as a offensive lineman, not having tape on a guy and then putting a guy in a position that he's never been in before, you've never seen this, you have nothing to study. What does that do to you as an offensive lineman at the beginning of the game? Get, and you're it, like, oh, It gives you the jitters because you, when I'm looking at a guy, I can, and when I got tape on a guy, it's just like in baseball, a pitcher. That's the most feared thing in the world is an unknown pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this guy. And the first thing I got to plan for is speed. I got to plan for speed because if I misjudge this guy, my quarterback going to be on the ground and the game could change because a, a turnover could happen. So I got to plan for speed until I figure out what he's doing. But the, the backup guard for them never figured it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he's just one step and inside, one step and inside a couple of times. Still having nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We do dream about things like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, ah. but we, we don't want that to be an every week thing. We, we want that to be new. Right. We want that to be an explosive play for us, for the Dallas Cowboys. So we need for these guys to get back. We need them to come off COVID, injuries, whatever, and get healthy because as long as we can move Parsons around, because that was the most feared thing about LT. When we knew he was going to be on my left side over the outside of Tui, we had all the game in the world. But when that cat got him to start moving around, <laughs> Lord Jesus, Curtis, man, yeah. I, I'm going to take a time out. I need to go to the restroom. <laughs> I can't figure this dude out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, all right, fellas, let's take our first break when we come back. Nate, there's a guy on the team that a lot of people gave up on last year, and you didn't. You stuck yeah. by this guy. Yeah. I want you to talk about this guy. Yeah. Let everybody know who that is. Kevin, I want to get to Dak, how he's progressed throughout the years, mm-hmm. what he's looked like through these first two games. Is he – I think we've all put him in a category as media folks. 
you know, he's always been in that second tier. Is he stepping into that first tier, or has he already stepped into that first tier? And, and, and what can we expect out of him this year? And then, Tony, man, it's just great to have you on the show. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, we're gonna it's talk great to, to see people. We're going to talk to Tony some more when we come back. You're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. WBC Mortgages Cowboys Crosstalk. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Welcome back live from Cowboys Club. Such a beautiful place, such a beautiful afternoon, and such beautiful company that we have on the show. Shannon Gross joined by Kevin Gray, Nate Newton, and the guest of honor, Tony Casillas. Welcome back to the show. And fellas, Nate, you know this. So, Kevin, did you know that SWBC... 
Customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. I do now. You do. And I if, do now. If you want to know more, visit SWBC.com and start your next adventure. How's that sound? I'm looking for a good adventure, so yeah. You're looking for a good adventure. So I am. Maybe we can get Nate off his phone for this segment. No, 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 no. He's been on his nah, phone ever since we got on the show. He's doing it for the gram. He's doing it for Facebook. He's doing it for the gram, man. The thing is, man. It's a brand. It's social media. It's all right I got to get y'all in here, man. This is a special show, bro. I got a question. What's that? Why do you have two Twitter accounts? Is that a, one a burner? Have, one a oh, burner? you got a burner? No, I don't have a burner. I ain't that big. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, I may be big, but I ain't that big. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I don't know why they did that, but I got one. It's one Nate Newton, baby. We this need is, to delete one of those. Is it verified? Or both, one of them verified, I hope, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, one okay. verified. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, he's still on his phone. Yeah, he's taking pictures. Right. Right. Hey, Chad, just do the show. We okay. all, right. <laughs> all, right. all right. Do the show. Nate, there's, there's a guy you gave up on last I mean, everybody you gave did. up on That's last right. year. And, and you were a little hard on him, but you were like, let the guy play. Big, big proponent. Let me get Tony's take on this before we get into that. Nate's always on our show. We host a little show on, on Cowboys Network called Hanging with the Boys. Right. So I get to pick Nate's brain a lot, and he's always a big proponent of let the young guys play. If you got a, a young guy that's close to or equal to a veteran, let the young guy play because the veteran's probably capped out. You want to see how you can develop the younger guy, right? What's your thought on that when you have a young team, you got some veterans mixed in? Do you, do you let the young guys play to see what they can do, or do you kind of stick with the veterans and kind of suppress the growth? Where are you at on that? It's amazing how coaches have different agendas. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on where you're at. But I think a lot of, a lot of coaches are resistant to – playing veterans, or excuse me, playing younger guys. Uh-huh. But I think the, the, the growth of a, a younger guy is that you've got to get him out there and give him the opportunity. Not where it's a liability in some of the things he does, but if he's, if he's neck and neck with an older guy, mm-hmm. then that's the only way he's going to get the opportunity to understand the game and the speed of it. I think mm-hmm. that's the important thing is to understand the speed of the NFL as opposed to playing college. That, that's the biggest thing that stands out to these guys. Yeah. And, you and, know, and, 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 and Jimmy let us know. We was veterans. Me and Tony were veterans. We, 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 I think we traded for you, Tony, from Atlanta. Yes. Am I correct? Yeah. And brought him in. Uh, he won some big trophies and stuff at, at Oklahoma. <laughs> he was all, all pro, at, 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 you know, with Atlanta. I'm serious. He was a great player. He traded for him, brought him in. But uh, Jimmy let us know. Man, he looked right in the face. Don't let the backup guy be equal, equal to you making less money and younger. You, Dave was going to get your job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it wasn't you know, second-guessing about it. Until you showed him that you was a, that much better than that young guy or that guy that was making less money, you know, you, you lost your job. So we, we had to perform. It was always about competition. And that's how I believe with the Cowboys now, especially since they, got, they backed up at the cap. When you're on defense, it ain't about, oh, okay, we paying him 15 mil. You know what? The better guy got to play because you're trying to win games. When you yep. use your first six, you know, picks in the NFL draft on defensive players, that sends a message to the veterans on the team that we know that we've got to bring some younger guys and not just to contribute. Yeah. There's other guys' jobs on the line to ensure that, hey, everybody's going to be iron sharp and iron around here. And if these young guys come in and perform, they're going to come in and take your job. So I think that's a clear message and signal from a team that's looking to get better, obviously, defensively, but sending a message to veterans that, hey, we know what time it is. This is what the message is, and you got to come out and perform. Well, also, when you have a dude defensive coordinator that doesn't really care, I mean, you understand yeah, yeah. the economics yeah. of it. You're paying a guy a ton of money. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He's no. going to go with the guys that he feels comfortable with, that fit in his system, that buy into what he's, he's coaching, 
And he's going to go with those guys because he's going to trust them. I think a lot of things is trust. Mm-hmm. Are you going to buy in? Are you going to believe of what I'm, my, you know, my philosophy? And once you get through that, yeah, I think the dynamic's a little different in modern-day football. But still, you got to be looking over your shoulder. I mean, I, I think that you make a lot of money, but still, you, you have pride. You don't want somebody to beat you out, especially a guy, an undrafted guy. I mean, that's the thing that you – I mean, you have pride. Yeah. Nate, the, the guy I'm referring to is offensive lineman, and, and you said give him a chance, and he's, yeah. he's turning into a little bit of a player. Talk about, talk about Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele, you know, he, he's still a work in progress, and it'll be another six, seven, eight games before he get his confidence. We had Charles on last week, and we don't even want to repeat what he said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trust uh, me, you don't have to worry about me repeating <laughs> And so he's a, long, he's a long guy. He's, he's what Coach McCarthy like in a play. He's a long He's athletic. He still need to get stronger. He still need to get a little tougher above the neck. You know, mentally he need to get a little tougher. But he did a, a fair job on uh, Boza last week. He didn't do a great job. He did a fair job. You know, uh, for, fortunately we had the, the president, Zach Martin, on the inside of him a couple of times right. to save him. But he did a nice job, and he's, and he's a work in progress. Now, he has sweat uh, this week, uh, number 94 for the Eagles. He can't, he can't not, you know, he can't turn it off this week. He got to keep that level of intensity. He got to play with even better technique because this kid is slippery. This kid sweats. So he still got a, a ways to go. But Coach Fieldman is the type of offensive lineman coach I like. He works the guys. He don't matter what the rest of the team doing. He over there working these guys, techniquing them out, getting them right. And I think, I think when you look at the play calling also, when you have a guy that you're, you know, you're going to put out there and Terrence still, maybe not the obviously who is replacing Lael Collins, but you're going to, kind of understand, and I think Keller Moore did a tremendous job of play calling, mm-hmm. to not give Joey Bosa an yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Just like, okay, I'm, I'm getting off the rock. I mean, those are the things you have to do. And make him think, you know, I don't, there's situational football. So I, I think the, just keeping him kind of preoccupied with the unknown of what they're going to do on the offense. Yeah, and Kevin, Tony mentioned Keller Moore. Boy, he pulled the bag of tricks out this week, and I think that's the Kevin Keller Moore that everybody's – you know, you see in yeah. games like that what Jerry and Steven saw in him and, and wanted him to be around and wanted him to be a part of this organization. I think it looks like he's coming into his own as a play caller. Him and Dak are kind of on the same page. Dak has the, the freedom to check in and out of plays as he wants. What did you see out of Kevin Kellen Moore's game plan? Yeah, Kellen Moore was calling plays like he wanted to be a head coach next season. Like, that's the kind of play calling that you were seeing from him against Tampa and also against the Chargers. And I think when you develop that relationship the way that Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott have over the years, there's a sense of trust there between offensive coordinator and quarterback. And that's a true relationship that you want to see develop on your team because now when you develop that relationship between your coach and your player, you're going to trust your ultimate leader in those situations. And Kellen Moore is going to put him in positions to succeed. And I thought he had a fabulous play-calling game. Uh, against Tampa and against the Chargers, you saw some of the creative things that he was using with Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb doing some jet sweeps, doing some those kinds of things. So I thought Kellen Moore called a fantastic game, and it's something that he's being malleable to the opponents that he has. He's not beholden to an opponent each week, and you're seeing that each time he gets out there with play calling. I'm going to let you add on before because I'm laughing a little bit, but you, I'm going to let you add on to that, Tony. No, carry on. Yeah. I tell you what, we gotta we gotta get off of Kellen Moore because I called him Kevin Moore twice in a row because of Kevin <laughs> Gray is sitting to my right. So after this, no more Kellen Moore talk. Hey, but you know what? 
It ain't, no, it ain't gonna beat Josh Heupel. Last, last week I called <laughs> he called Josh, Justin Herbert, Josh Heupel, Heupel like three different Josh. times. Oh man, wow, that's going yeah. back. He usually, yeah. he usually just he reached way back to that about, one. He's talking, talking about the Sooners. He got yeah. Sooners yeah. on his brain. Nate will butcher a name, but I've never had, heard him call a guy a completely different person before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now this is the amazing thing, and this is what I like about coaches that understand their players. More importantly, when the players understand their roles. Now it looks like Coach is calling these fantastic plays. I think what he's doing better, a better job of, and him and Dak in concert, is calling the right matchups. Putting the defense, stressing the defense. And it looks, it looks like, woo, because we always ran in the reverse. We always did this. And we gave it to Pollard one too many times last year. But now... Jesse, Jesse Holly, our teammate, said something so right. We're putting Tony Pollard in the game. He was in there 20 times or 18 times. They gave him the ball 16 times. What does that say? That says that we're going to use him. Now you're striking fear into linebackers. You're striking fear into safeties. Because now oh, they ain't going to just only bring him in as a decoy. They're going to use him. So now Zeke's still a bang guy. He's still a big bang back. Things ain't going to change in that right there. But when you bring in a Tony Pollard, when you got uh, number 88, uh, the last 88, what's his name here? C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Yeah. I ain't going to mess with no more Oklahoma players. Uh, <laughs> we got C.D. Lamb coming out of the backfield. Now, that's creative. Yeah. But everything else has been what we've been normally doing. But here's the, greatest, the, great, the, the, the greatness of that. If you're putting Tony Pollard in a game and he gets a 16, you said he – Yeah, out of 18 times. And he's getting the ball and he's making plays? Yeah. What's that tell you? Regardless of who's in the ball, wherever you want to make adjustments, right. if that guy still is, what do you average, like eight or nine yards yeah, per right. play? Over right, eight, yeah. And you're not stopping it? As a defense, you're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. Because we're, we're going we're gonna to try to make, you know, to check, you know, to adjust and, you know, formate into that formation. But still, we're just still not talking. You know, we're still not making those plays. And at the end of the day, that really puts a lot of stress on your defense, and there's a lot of doubt that all of a sudden starts settling in, and that's not a good thing. All right, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, let's get into some Dak talk. Tony, let's talk about – Josh Heupel. Yeah, Josh Heupel. Let, let's, <laughs> Nate brought it up earlier. Don't do that. I'll be calling Dak Josh. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nate brought it up Last earlier time. when they got you from uh, Atlanta. Talk about what that – when we come back – that situation was like, how was that coming into the Cowboys organization? How was it different from where you had been? And then how did you guys, you know, build those Super Bowl teams and everything? So let's talk about all that when we come back. You're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk. We're live from Cowboys Club here at the Star Frisco, and you're listening to us on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
to SWBC Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Cross yeah, Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Welcome back to the show live from Cowboys Club here in Frisco, Texas. We got a, they just opened up the blinds and man, what what a view they have in the, from this place. It's man. gorgeous. It's, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. Almost as beautiful as, as that smile on Nate Newton's face. You know what? I, 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 I'm going to tell you something, man. <laughs> tell me something, Nate. That's the only thing I had, man. Once I got all my teeth in my head, man, my mama said, baby, when I got old enough to baby, that's all you got is your smile. Hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> that smile will take you a long yeah. ways, Nate. It'll take yeah, you a long yeah, ways, man. And, and, and these days, yeah. Yeah. we need to smile. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right, man. We a little bit older. We better smile. Nate uh, Newton, anyway. Shannon Gross, Kevin Gray, joined by Tony Casillas. Go ahead, Tony. What were you saying there? No, I was just talking about the sunset. Oh, this I mean, this is amazing. How many have we seen? We're just talking about this in the break, and it's just amazing. We thought Valley Ranch was the, you know what, but this we is, was state of art at that. It time. was at the time. That's been a long time ago. But this place is just wow. Yeah, it did, it does not get much better. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't. Before we get back into the show, SWBC Mortgage Tony, you can join the more than one hundred and twenty thousand customers that they have helped to find their happier way home. Visit SWBCMortgage.com to find a pro today. I'm, I'm going to call them, man. I'm going to call them, and I'm going to make a proposal. What's that? Because I need him to loan me $100,000. For, for what? For what? <laughs> and I want to and I want an 800-year mortgage and pay a dollar a year. <laughs> what are you, you going to you do with the hundred grand though? <laughs> I'm just gonna put it in the bank. Say, let me know. Let you make that call. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna invest it, man. I'll be right behind you. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Tony, Nate brought it up last last segment. Talked about getting you from Atlanta, coming into the Cowboys. What was that experience like, coming into the Cowboy organization? You know, it was uh, it was football euphoria for me mm -hmm. because you got to understand when I played in Dallas. Excuse me, when I played in Atlanta, uh, I was the second player picked in the draft and. Be careful what you wish for, okay? Yeah. Because that's no that, the indication. Yeah, it's it's an honor, and you may get obviously paid more, but you're not going to go to a team that's really on the up and up. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I was in Atlanta for five years, and I just kind of lost my passion for playing football. I mean, I still went out there and played, but it was there was no it was an uphill battle every day, and mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said for playing the game of football especially back in that era because it was just bang, bang, and just uh, it was a grind. And so when I had the opportunity, it's a true story, is when Atlanta was – we were playing um, Dallas, 19 uh, – I think it was 90, 1990. And, mm. and I was an actor, Jerry Glanville, crazy-ass crazy, crazy -ass Jerry Glanville was a coach <laughs> then. And I wasn't, I wasn't his guy. And right. there's the truth to that, liberty right. liberty to that. Because if you're not his guy, especially yes. then, especially if your ego is just yeah. can't fit in a the room, then you're not going to fit in. I don't care about – it doesn't matter what you do. And I just remember we were playing Dallas, and I was inactive. And, I, you know, Dave Wanstead, he recruited me. He was at Oklahoma State when mm -hmm. I was coming out of high school. And I went home and started talking, hey, Dave, man, I, they're not going to bring me back. I don't fit in with Jerry. Is, is there any way you can get me the hell out of here? For real? For wow. real. Wow. 
And it was, I guess there weren't any tampering rules. I don't know. I mean, that's statute of limitations. You created Whatever. your own tampering rules yeah. at that point, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> at that point, I, I tampered myself. Hey, let, me, let me be the tamperer. Right? Right. <laughs> that didn't sound right. That sounded yeah. right. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Uh, so, uh, so I just thought, well, and I just kind of vented with him. And, I, and, and, uh, and so this went on until beginning of training camp, and I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Right, right. So I decided, look, I'll just take matters in my own hands. I, I called Ken Harrock, and I said, look, I'm retired. And I wasn't the conventional guy. I just did things differently. And, like, I'm tired of, look, the money's great, but, look, I, I just, I'm not coming back, knowing that I was just trying to get out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so about 48 hours later, I get this phone call from, from Dave Wanstead and, uh, and Jerry, not Jerry, but Jimmy, Jerry didn't even know my name back then. That's what I finally later found out that he didn't know Tony Casillas was, but took a lot of credit for it. But hey, that's cool with me. He got he got me the hell out of there. And he says we're going to trade for it. And I said okay, that's and and look when I and the rest is history. When I met guys like Nate, and I I came because it was an environment. Whenever the physicality of playing it, going through training camp, it was just it was murder, man. I mean, it's, it was tough. But to be able to come to Dallas and be around guys like Nate, Kevin Gogan. Kevin Gogan. Uh, it made it fun and real. I mean, it was hard. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. It was, it was tough, but it was just a different environment. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in an environment that it's, it's positive and there's an up and up and there's a, there's a goal, then you, you feel better about yourself. And I, I was happy, man. And like I said, the rest is history. I, I never – Dreamt that I'd come here and go to the playoffs of 91 and then went back-to-back Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Nate, what do you remember about when, when Tony came in? He just came in and working, man. And, uh, you know, I just remember Well, he used to crack on me all the time in the locker room. <laughs> That's what I loved about Nate. I, you know what, Tony? I'm going to tell you how far, how far I didn't know. I didn't know he was of Hispanic descent. I just thought he was a cool-looking white guy. <laughs> a cool white guy with a tan, right? Yeah. Like, wow, man. Dark so, hair. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm going to tell you something. When you mentioned Kevin Gogan and Mark Tourney, our offensive line was the most pranksters. Mm. You know, and, and, and you never knew when you walked into our locker room. This started at training camp. All the way through to the to the uh, to the Super Bowls that we won, just somebody was coming at you every day, mm-hmm. you know, having fun. Then we got Charles Haley. Oh Lord! All rules, no rules, none whatsoever. <laughs> and I still got to live that to this day. You didn't mention the rules. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We, we 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 witnessed that firsthand last week on <laughs> yeah. the show. So I wish Gray would have been here. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. I'd have loved this. I'd have everything on Gray. Look, I'd have handled it too. I'd have just carried the ball and just took it, man. Just handled my business. There's, there's right. a time and place. You said you just don't know what to say. <laughs> I got I got no yeah. comment. I got nothing. <laughs> Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. You said that. <laughs> yeah. And we were on I live. would never get away with that. Yeah, yeah, we were on live radio, so there were a couple of times Nate would just look at me like, what's, what's about to happen? And I was like, oh, I don't then, know. You know the thing Is that the 20-second button right here? <laughs> Dump button. Yeah. 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 They weren't dumping that. They weren't at all. That's, uh, that's FCC on line one for Charles <laughs> Haley, please. Hey, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. That'd be Tony, like playing the Tony, drums. Besides, besides your kids, man, he got twins. Explain your family, man. Tell Tell everybody, man. I want to get this in, man. Well, yeah. You know, I think that when, as the as you get you go you get older in life, things change, and you know your you know your your goals and and everything, the things that are important to you, becomes more family oriented. And look, I I've been married for almost twenty five years, and I'll be the first one to say that I'm not the 
the best person to be. I mean, you right. know, when you're married that long, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm usually the culprit. But, <laughs> but what, I, what I found out is like having a family and being able to watch our kids do their own thing and be professionals and go to college and be able to find their own self. You know, all the stuff we did, you know, on the resume and everything's great, but now it's just obviously time because that's been so long ago. But still, it's, it's fun to watch him. And so, you know, my son is uh, getting married in November. First one, he's 27, and engaged to a beautiful girl that unfortunately both of them went to UT, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> University of Texas, I found out, is uh, an academic school now. Is right, it? Right, okay. right, Everybody, right. Everybody's at on notice. Um, <laughs> but we have fun. With, it's interesting when you're in a group text message and you start just, as I said, just cracking on the person that, like, Texas got beat by, was it Arkansas? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I drug yeah, no, down, down, down. All of a sudden, <laughs> they leave the building. Chase, this, you know, my son went to Texas, left the conversation. So <laughs> back to the family. That's what we do. We group text message. I got twins. Uh, right. My daughter's at Arkansas. Uh, she's a junior. I have twins. And my son's at OU. He always wanted to be a Sooner. Um, but that's fun, man. That's, that's the, the, the greatest part about that is being able to, to see them move on and do some really great things. Good, good. You guys played with a pretty good quarterback back in the day, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Steve Walsh was hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the makings of a of a possibly, you know, yeah. guy that's Next Bay on, the, on, on that trajectory. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Nate, exactly. Respectfully to Babe Lofford. Yeah, respect, yeah, respectfully. Okay, yeah, respectfully. Yeah. He cost us the game against Steve, Atlanta, but it's okay. Steve Berline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Quincy Carter. No, there's, man, there's <laughs> Who been some am I damn talking names. about? Yeah. Come on, Nate. Number eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. That Stop that. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not talking to him. Mike off. Turn his mic off, Ted. Wait a second. <laughs> You're that old? You play with Yeah, <laughs> man. I've been a Cowboys since I was 10, 11 years old. I watched Roger. I felt like <laughs> I played with Because I go in the backyard. I go in the backyard. I act like I was Roger. No, there ain't no way in the world I can. <laughs> He can spell Roger back then, but anyway. What do, what do you guys, Kevin, start with you. What have you, how have you seen Dak progress? Because I think he's, he's been an underdog his whole life. He's done nothing but prove everybody wrong his whole life. All he's needed is a chance. The way that he got the job to begin with is just unbelievable that he even saw the field as a starter. And he's done nothing but get better and better and, and shut everybody up. And it, this year he's – picking right up where he left off before he got hurt. So what do you, where do you see his trajectory? Where do you see this, just this progression? What do you see in Dak? I think one of the coolest parts of watching Dak Prescott since coming out of Mississippi State is that he has, over the years, become the unquestioned leader of this football team. They find, mm -hmm. they lead, he leads by example, they follow his lead, but more importantly, he backs it up on the football field. So I think this year he has a true opportunity to be a top five quarterback in this league. You've seen how he's progressed in terms of the deep ball accuracy, the tight window throws, all the things that you would want an upper echelon quarterback to do. He's doing those things now. And I think one of the best throws that he had on Sunday, you know, the pass that he had to Amari Cooper on the final drive, fitting it inside of a tight window, leading the two-minute drive to be able to set him up for a field goal, that's the personification of one Rain Dakota Prescott, and I just love watching him play week in and week out. And I think Cowboys fans are really seeing a man come into his own, and I think he has that chance to be a top-five quarterback in this league. I love the guy. I think that he exudes confidence, exudes leadership, and not to say that body language is everything, 
But he has this command that you can see and you can sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you play the game, you're a little intuitive to leadership when it comes to the quarterback. Yeah. You mentioned Troy. Troy was, uh, Troy was an amazing leader. He didn't – I always say this, the way that I describe him, he was a very constructive – he was stoic in a constructive way. It wasn't like he was – you know, he, he didn't want to talk to like you or anything like that. But he was, he was in that game mode, and he knew his place and his role. And so we understood that. And I think that when you look at Dak, the similarities to a quarterback is, look, if you're, you're going to make a bad throw, right? Mm -hmm. It's how you respond. And this guy, to me, is confident. I mean, he'll take ownership for it. But I think that he answers a lot of questions early on. It's an early season, two games. But he's answered a lot of questions of why you – validation. Mm -hmm. Why are you paying the big money? Why they believe in him because he has all those instincts. He has all those, those characteristics. And that's what you want in a quarterback. Yeah. You know, th this is what I had to make myself do. Sometimes you have to go back and look. And, you, and like you say, Troy was stoic. And, and not in a standoffish right. way. I, I almost cut yeah. Tony off. Not in a standoffish way. He, he meant business. And I tell this story all the time. I, I, you know, I used to, you know, have a lot of fun when I was cowboy. So a lot of times I would sleep in my car. I you used to have fun? Yeah. I don't believe yeah. it. I wouldn't go <laughs> I home. Wouldn't, I never had I fun back in those rock I star go, days. I wouldn't I'm go sorry. home some nights. Because I stay out like like 3, 4 in the morning. I'm like, if I drive way out to way out where I live that I ain't going to make it back. So I was sleeping in my car. You know? I used to go to sleep in my car. And I would see. Thought maybe we were just yeah. studying game. Yeah. Nah, nah. So I would, see, I, would see, I would see Troy and other guys come in early in the morning. And I would watch Troy a lot of times. He will be on his phone talking, laughing, having fun. But as soon as he hit that front door, that player's interest, face go to all business man i one time i was gonna ask him but i said no nah, i don't you know troy had a thousand mile stare i didn't want that stare on me so you know and that is and i learned then he was a professional right he knew when to turn it on he knew because he would come to all our parties i would have big birthday parties and christmas parties troy would never miss it none of it man and i would just been you know, jumped off eight jumped off sides 18 times <laughs> in the last game he still show up you know but and that's that and see, this is what we forget. This is what we forget. Dak is no different than the rookie we saw. He's no different. When he's had the tools around him, he's never failed. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. We keep saying he's this, 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 and he's getting better. But Dak, look at his rookie year. His record was what? He won 11, 12 games mm -hmm. because he had the tools around him. Give a great quarterback great tools, and they'll never fail. Yeah. All right, let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to talk more football. There's a game Monday night. We haven't even mentioned it. We should probably talk a little Cowboys-Eagles when we come back. What it do don't think? matter. Cowboys win. Oh, there oh, we go. Well, well, you know talk what? Talk about it, Nate. Yeah. We, can just, okay. we can just end the show now. Okay. We, you yeah, know what? I'm, we might not I'm, come I'm back. I won't be here when you come back. We I'm might not be. come back out of break. <laughs> I won't be here. Tune in to see if we come back I'll be back up in Oklahoma hanging out with Casillas Kid. You're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Man, I cannot believe we only have one more segment of the show. Tony Casillas, the guest of honor. It has been so much fun, man. Time has flown by. Nate Newton to your left. Six-time Pro Bowl or three-time Super Bowl champ. How you doing? You hanging oh, in there, man. Nate? You going to make it I'm through the last segment? This, man. I'm loving this, Okay. Yeah. All right. And then to your left, Kevin Gray. Yes, sir. And then I'm Shannon Gross. And let me tell you guys one quick thing before we get back into some football talk. SWBCPEO, helping to alleviate the HR administrative burden that comes with running a business. Leave the worrying to us. Visit SWBCPEO.com to find out more. And, Nate, Brandon Graham – is hurt. Is out for the season, but you're one of your favorite defensive players in the league right now will be paying a visit to the Dallas Cowboys in AT&T Stadium Monday night, and his name is Fletcher Cox. Yes, sir. He's 30 years old now. Yes, sir. Still, still Does, commander of the double team. Boy. Does he still have juice in the tank? Oh, he still have juice. Then he got a sidekick called Javon Hargrave. Uh-huh. Oh, man, he got two sacks in the locker. You know how you, you got that great player that you over there singled up? This Hargrave kid is doing some damage, but I'm telling you, old man, but we got, we got him, though. We got him in the White House. We got him with the president. We got him with <laughs> Zach Bart. Yes, sir. That's who he'll be over the most of the time. So, so we can single block him. So you him. think we're good? Oh, yeah, we're good. We should be good. What do you see, Tony, what do you see when you, when you see Fletcher Cox? Nate, Nate loves the guy. What, <clears throat> what kind of player he's is he? He's kind of unassuming looking. He's, he's this big dude, and, yeah. but he's very athletic. He's powerful, and he's got a – he's very – He's, he's very, uh, you know, he, he can do a lot of different things. Very, very versatile. That's yeah. the best word to look for. He can play the run and he can play the pass. And I think for him, that's something that it's hard to find a defensive lineman that can rush the passer, especially inside, and play the run. But he's just very, he's sneaky. I always yeah. Sne- he's, yeah. he's kind of a sneaky guy. <laughs> you look up and they say. How can a 300-pound guy well, be sneaky? Well, it, not in that, in that uh, I guess, that, that text. But I, I'm de- here, the, the thing when I look at him, it's like when you look at him, some of the things he does, and, and maybe it's because of he's, the size. Yeah. But he's really – he gets upfield extremely well. He's always upfield. And I mm-hmm. think for a great defensive lineman, you always want to try to, you know, play on that line, the side of the line of scrimmage. And, again, he, he, he – you got to count for that guy. When you put him on one-on-one, yeah, you, you match him up against Zach Martin, yeah, you're good there. But it's those matchups that he's able to, to do. And it seems like that he, and I say sneaky, he always sneaks up on you and makes that big play whenever they need yeah, to make the play. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, I, after the Chargers game, I was like, oh, they're going to they kill these folks. They're going to kill the Eagles. They're going to win by 17 and – there's been some injuries and some, some folks going into COVID protocol this week. I'm a little concerned this week. How do you feel about going into this game? What are your thoughts on the Eagles? I think the matchup that I'm looking most forward to, obviously you're going to be missing potential Keanu Neal, who mm-hmm. was put on the, the COVID list as a close contact. Uh, Micah Parsons versus Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, the leading passer on this team, leading rusher on this team also. The speed of Micah Parsons and how is he a spy on Monday night? How do they deploy him against a dual-threat quarterback who can throw the deep ball but can also make it happen in the run game? And the secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles, Steven Nelson, Darius Slay, going up against CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So those two matchups for me are going to be what I'm going to be looking for on Monday night to see how the Cowboys, Kellen Moore, 
Dan Quinn handled themselves against Nick Sirianni in this offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the funny thing about it is you, you, you did like I did. You mentioned Cooper. Is he, if he's ready, there's no matchup. But if he's not ready, oh, yeah, it's going to be a matchup because it's going to come down to C.D. Lamb and, uh, and, and Wilson and my other guy, Big 85. Yeah. It's gonna come Noah down, Brown. Noah Brown. It's going to come down. Now, now we become, and even though C.D. Lamb is on the verge of rising up, we become an average wide receiving court because everybody kind of got those three type of guys. This Cooper guy makes everybody go up just a notch. So we, re- yeah. yeah, and I really yeah. like Blake Jarwin. To me, I think that guy, this is a game that you can utilize him. Yes, sir. Uh, because of just the, the style of defense they play and the tight end, you have to be able to, you know, just kind of do the situational and just it's manageable, you know, first, first you know, second and third down. But, uh, you know, I, Amari Cooper to me is, is underappreciated. I, I, that guy Agreed. is nasty. When you watch his route running, yeah, he's not one of these raw, raw guys. But when he's – when you're – I guarantee it. When you're – wherever he's at and you got one-on-one and whatever coverage oh. you're in – you're sitting there saying, oh, my God. You got to account for 19. He's, yeah. Yeah. he's filthy. Yeah. And, filthy. He, and he's a baller, man. I don't mm-hmm. care what people say. I mean, I still think he's the best wide receiver on this team, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yep, agreed. You're very familiar with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. What, how do you – How do you? What? have you seen him develop? Because a lot of people are writing him off going into this year, and they're like, they're going to be – he looks like he's got a little something. Well, I know against Atlanta, I don't, I don't know – what kind of measuring stick that is? Because I mean, that he did, he did, he had a, g- a good game. Yes, and then he they, did. They lost last weekend, uh, but you know, Jalen is—he uh, kind of reminds me a little bit, a little like, like Dak. He's a guy that works hard. He's a, uh, you know, he appreciates it, and he's really a guy that's really going to work his butt off to develop that. But I just think that you, the, what you mentioned, as far as trying to keep him and utilize him. To, to make him one-dimensional. It's easier said than done because he's going to take off. But I don't know if it's, a, if it's man-to-man or if it's zone coverage, but I guarantee it, if you, if it's, the, the perimeter is really something that you have to really defend against someone like Jalen Hurts. And as you mentioned, um, Micah Parsons may be a, a guy that may, may be a big role in, in stopping that. Take him out of the game. You, you got to. I, I, watched Hit him. Him. I watched him against Atlanta. He was nice. I, lo- I watched him against Fortnite. He was nice. He wasn't spectacular. Yeah. He was nice. Mm-hmm. And see, a nice kid, a nice guy will always get you because you're going to always underestimate the nice guy, the guy that's just getting the job done. Uh, and he got the Smith kid from Bama, mm-hmm. Avante Smith. Devontae Smith, yeah. yeah. Ooh, they He's can really, say what they want. They better cover him. Yeah. They better cover great, him. That's a great tandem. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. You, you want to make, make Jalen Hurts throw the football. Yeah. And I think that when he, they do all these RPOs and they do his own read and everything, that's different, more easier said than done. But you want to put him in a, in a, as, a, as an offensive quarterback, you know, a throwing quarterback in their offense. Yeah. All right, let's go around to the table. Kevin, you started. The Cowboys need to do this to win, and what is your prediction for the game? Cowboys need to account for Jalen Hurts in both the run game and the pass game. The Cowboys went 24-21 at home on Monday Night Football. 24-21 with all the injuries. What's the line? I have no idea. I haven't even looked. I'm going to say it's close. I'm just going to guess it's close. I'm going to piggyback on that. I think Jalen Hurts has a big key. But I think think offensively this is a game where they – we mentioned Fletcher Cox. But I think this is a game, continuation of the momentum of being able to – you got home field, you're at home, mm-hmm. you're Monday night football playing on the national TV. This is a time to just really just go out there 
and continue that Keller Moore type of offense where you're, you're keeping them off, you know, out of sorts. And, and I think it's a game the Cowboys can win. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35, 17. All right. Nate? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right here and it's not being arrogant or anything. I think the Cowboys have to show up and play, uh, almost penalty-free football. If they just don't do anything to hurt themselves offensively or defense, I'm talking about penalty-wise, they have played on a different level the last two weeks. And I think if they stay at that level at home with the crowd, just play uh, penalty-free, which is hard to do, but get close to that as you can and have fun. They'll win the game. This will oh, be they'll win the game by one point. One point. This will be one of those games that in previous years you can make excuses for the injuries. I think it's going to be fun to see how they perform – Against a team they should beat with all these injuries in the past, they would struggle. Yeah. Let's see how they go out. Stay the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tony, it's been awesome, man. Oh, man. Thank you thanks so much. You me. come back Appreciate anytime. It. Kevin, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nate, thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks I'm to glad Cowboys you Club. For your check. This has been Cowboys <laughs> Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!